Father, we just thank you, Father, once again, for the gift of life, one more day in the land of the living, Lord. We just thank you, we just thank you, we just thank you, Father. We commit all your dear ones, Lord, offline, online, around the world, wherever they are, Father, in the sick bed, in their homes, in their workplaces. Plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over the church. We speak healing. We speak life. We speak your anointing, your power, your strength as your portion for your people, Lord. We are your inheritance. Christ, you are our inheritance, Lord. Be with us this morning. Night, whatever time zone your people may be in. Protect, Lord. Empower, Lord. Meet each one at their point of need. Above all, prepare us, Lord. For death or coming, your coming, whichever is your destiny for us, prepare us, Lord, for that great day of judgment, Lord. Even this morning's ministry, we commit into thy hands that it would prepare us, Lord, We just thank you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We turn to, we'll finish Philadelphia today. We go to Revelation chapter 3 and go to verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. So God is now coming to the rewards. And remember, if you study the book of Revelation, especially the rewards are in every case promised only to the overcomers. Okay, not salvation, because salvation is not a reward, it's a gift. It's a gift. We can never earn our salvation. We can only believe for it and receive it as a gift. But the rewards in every case is promised only to the overcomers. And the key to overcoming is staying in Christ. First, remember, Positional by virtue of our birth, John one twelve, we are given that authority, that power to become the children of God. As many as received him, to them he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. That is positional. And then functional, how do we become it's by the leading and the obeying of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Here, when the rewards are promised, the first thing he says in verse 12 is that, he who overcomes, okay, he who overcomes, conditional, see that in verse 12, he who overcomes, it's conditional, rewards are conditional. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. So pillar, normal strength, in sense, it, it, uh, 
it symbolizes strength and stability but it's a column that supports the weight of the building this building is there because of the pillar but it is also a symbol of honor because you know in ancient days we also have in our country uh, pillars were erected for honor like our national emblem is on a pillar it's not supporting anything okay ashok chakra is not supporting anything it's a it's an iron pillar the iron which has kind of rusted after hundreds and hundreds of year okay it's a pillar on top you have the the three the lions the, it's a symbol of our national honor so in ancient days pillars were erected as a symbol of honor kings when they won wars they erected as a pillar so both is all these connotations are there where god will is saying that he who overcomes i will make him a pillar one in terms of stability strength but more than that of honor in his temple okay in his temple if you know about the gates the apostles names are there okay it's honor okay those who were considered according to paul the apostles were considered the last in by this world the scum of the earth but then when you reach eternity you will realize the gates to that city are named after them they are raised the epitome of honor so to this church this church okay which has very little strength okay you have a little strength you have a little strength meaning in this particular context in which they are in in philadelphia and through time churches which have very little strength please understand when you are talking about little strength it is not talking about spiritual strength because if it is talking about spiritual strength if you go to 1 john chapter 2 and verse 14 214 okay i have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning i have written to you young men because you are strong and the reason they are strong is because the word of god abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one so if you are looking at uh, the philadelphia if you go to that words that is 3 8 uh, 8 and 9 i think yeah okay i know your works i have set before you an open door no one can shut it for you have a little strength you have a little strength so it is not talking about that strength because if they had little strength spiritually they cannot keep his word they cannot keep his word they cannot overcome the enemy who brings persecution temptations trials all they cannot overcome the enemy so it is definitely not talking about spiritual strength it is talking about what we consider strong in this temporal material world we consider money to be strength we consider power to be strength we consider numbers to be strength we consider influence to be strength and he says when it comes to all these things you have very little strength you have very little strength okay where you have very little strength but you have kept my word you have kept my word you have not denied my name okay so that that is that is what is very uh, very special about this church and he says because you have you you had very little strength in this physical world yet you kept my word and therefore in eternity you will be a symbol of my strength a pillar you will be a symbol of my strength i will honor you you will be a symbol of my strength where in the temple okay in the temple in the new in the this is a promise you will see even in the old covenant gentiles were given who believed in isaiah chapter 56 if you turn with me to 3 to 
Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And this is actually prophesying about us. I mean, us in the sense Philadelphia, the Gentiles who came in, okay? The sons and the daughters rejected, but the Gentiles and the eunuchs, there are some who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. And this promise is there. And we see this promise being fulfilled, uh, God's promise being um, fulfilled in the terms of Gentiles, basically who are there. Um, who are there in the church in Philadelphia. So in the new covenant, please understand, okay, when God says, I will make you a pillar. In First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, okay, 3 and verse 15, he says, if I am deli- delayed, okay, uh, I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God and the pillar and the ground of truth. So you will see, truth is called a pillar there. <coughs> okay, pillar there. And God says in John seventeen seventeen, Father, sanctify them by your truth and your word is truth. And remember, this church's commendation is that they have kept his word. Okay, they have kept his word. Okay, they have kept his word and they kept the truth. Therefore, they have become true. They have become wrong. But when he is, see, we need to understand. In the first invitation of Jesus Christ, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Okay, the crowds are big. Okay, crowds are big. But then he says, learn of me, take my yoke upon yourself and learn of me. I am meek and lowly and I will give you rest for the souls. But... In the second call, as we progress further, the numbers will keep coming down and down and down and down and down. Because what separates people is basically truth. Truth separates people. Okay? So you will see the same thing in Jesus' uh, own ministry. The truth would separate and separate. Even the disciples leave, Judas leaves, and ultimately only 11 are left. And it is to them, if you look, I mean, we don't take it uh, randomly. If you talk, if you look at Jesus' teachings from John 13 all the way till 17, all the teachings are to those 11. They are symbolic of a set of people who have remained faithful till the end. So if you look at Philadelphia, even when he is promising, he says, because you have taken my command, obeyed my command to persevere. To but the fact is the truth. The, 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 the truth is this. It's very few people in the kingdom of God, not just not God with salvation, who will remain faithful till the very end. It's very few people. Because the pressures of the world that is coming upon, okay, the, each generation has faced their own temptation and pressures, and they will start falling apart. They will fall. It's not that they lose their salvation. They don't get it because salvation is not a reward, it's a gift. Okay? So they may be saved, but very few actually will remain faithful till the end. And to this church, that is what God is talking about. He's, he's saying that, you know, the church's pillar is truth. And even when we are looking at any subject, like when we were talking about love, 
and uh, when we are talking about love we we it's a most commonly used word and sought after thing in this life but when we bring god's truth to love we will realize there are very few people who actually love very few people when we talk about faith by faith i am saved faith when we bring truth to faith and start examining our own faith we will realize we fall short of god to god 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 because faith actually the simple meaning because because we use this faith 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 it's got so complex connotations the simple practical meaning of faith is trust and the question is after we start examining we will realize honestly we don't trust god all the time to trust god all the time that's why these examples of people are given and all those people given in those examples did not trust god in all the time so if you look at like you look very few people are there okay meaning like when uh, enoch became 65 years old that is when he started trusting god so for the first 65 years he didn't really trust god okay then he started walking with god and then his walk has to reach a pinnacle at 300 where he is worthy to be taken alive so it doesn't mean when he started walking with god he trusted god in all things because trust trust is uh, with human beings it's different okay with human beings trust has to be earned trust is never given jesus wouldn't trust anybody in the beginning and at the end he trusted only 11 and also he told them you will betray me but i know you will come back not that i trust you 100% all of you have declared pistol go with him and die but i know you will all run away okay but i know ultimately you will die for me i know you can be trusted okay so we need to realize with human beings trust has to be earned okay so when we say i trust you we do not mean that we trust anybody including our spouses 100% in all things because they simply cannot be trustworthy because they are human they are fragile so when we use the term trust with somebody which is basically what faith means but when it comes to god okay now god can be trusted 100% all the time but the problem is the problem is not with god the problem is with us the problem is with us is that it is we don't know god's will and often we are not really interested in god's will so when i say i can't trust you i mean i can't trust you to do my will is basically what we mean you can trust god 100% if your desire is god's will okay okay if my desire is that god's but even then if even if i desire god's will 100% of all the time then only way i can walk is walk by faith because i will not understand it it's if you feel look back honestly all of us believers sitting here if you look back we will only in retrospective effect looking back in the past and we'll realize yes no that was that was good at that time i didn't know it was good but it was god's will for me it was god's will for me most things will and see hebrew whole chapter 11 is hindsight Okay if you were to ask those people when they were living did you really expect it or not if you ask Joseph do you really think it was good when you were going through it he didn't but he hung in there that is where faith comes in the bible says by faith we understand so we trust when god says i am good we trust god is good 
When God says, I am faithful, we trust God is faithful. When God says, simply because of his nature, he cannot lie. He cannot lie. So this is where faith comes in. This is where trust comes in. So when God says the church has to become the pillar of truth, okay, the pillar of truth, okay, and persevere in it, persevere in it. It's, it's, it's basically like, you know, our whole, whole life is, it can be compartmentalized into so many things, okay, into so many things. Okay, and we over time prove ourselves trustworthy, trustworthy in different areas of our life. Okay, so, but that is why God says you have to be careful what you say, that your yes should be yes and your no is to be. Like whenever people ask me every day, including yesterday, when we, Pastor, can you give us a time? I said, let me see. I won't, I won't, because if I say yes, it is yes. Like till today, I haven't given meeting yes for meetings after Tuesday. People have been asking for appointment, asking for meetings. I said, let me wait, because if I say yes, then something else comes. I will you no. Know, like yesterday, somebody asked Pastor, I asked you for something. I said, you asked me for three hours for a day that is in December. If I say now. And after I say yes to it, somebody comes to me for three days, which includes that three hours. I will have to say no to these three days, which may include ministering to pastors. But I will have to say no to that because I said yes to this. Okay, yes to this. So we need to realize, so it is okay to say no. It is okay to say no. Okay, because if you cannot keep your word, it is okay. Okay, or you will have to put a rider as much as it possible for me. Okay, so when God says yes, we need to realize who he is. We need to understand his power. We need to understand his love. That's why Roman long back ago we looked at that. You no, know? when God is not a man that he should lie. Okay, so when God says something, we can take it. Because one, there is nothing impossible with God. Okay. Second, he will never lie. And you, you may find a person who is powerful. Okay. But the problem is he may not be loving. So even if he is powerful, you say, will you do it for me? He's not interested. In God's case, he's interested. Okay. But the issue is this. Issue is understanding the will of God. And understanding the timing of God, even if it is the will of God, it may not be the time of God. Okay. So when God says about this church, I saw you. I said, because he just make, makes one term. I know your works. Okay. I know your works and doesn't say anything beyond that. And then why doesn't he describe their works instead of his just commendation after commendation after commendation? Everything that he talks to them is commendation. And then you need to realize they fulfill scripture because if you could look at Galatians 5, 6, this is scripture. If you want to put all your works under one scripture, how do I want my script, my works to be counted for the rewards God has promised? Simple thing is Galatians 5, 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. So you here have a church. You have a church. 
Okay, they have understood the truth of what God seeks and desires from every person. Okay, so this is a church that is being commended and there are churches like that all around the world, all through the centuries they have been church. They have never been big because the very demands of God will not allow you to become big beyond beyond uh, this thing. That doesn't mean, that. please don't misunderstand, that doesn't mean we do not seek to be big because in terms of souls, Okay, we seek, okay, because if you get that negative set in, we will always think, let us be small. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Okay, doesn't, then, then we, by our own, uh, inclinations, keep the church small. But that is not the whole idea of the church. The kingdom of God is huge. There will be billions of people over there. But the kingdom, the power of the kingdom is only given to the little. Okay, because they come through this. But anybody can, anybody can. So you will see this church is going to be a pillar. We have to look at what it means, pillar, okay? Because this, because when he, when, uh, let us look at his introduction, okay? When he looked at his introduction, when he says, okay? When he, yeah, verse three, uh, three, seven, to the angel, okay? These things say he who is holy. Okay, so when he's talking to them as he is holy and he says, I know your works, you know they have persevered in this. And holiness itself will keep most people out. Keep most people. I'm not saying out of salvation. I'm saying out of rewards because, because, you know, it is a demand. It's a demand of God. Okay, and I told you the only secret to it is sanctifying Christ in your hearts. Okay, Christ in your hearts. Okay, that itself. Then the second thing, he who is true. Okay, so now you come to truth. You come to truth. And then, of course, it is written to Philadelphia. So this is a church that is holy. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about perfect. Okay, there's no perfect church in the world. There's only one perfect man. We'll see the perfect church in heaven. There's no perfect. But you can be holy. You can be true. And you can have brotherly kindness where brothers live in unity. That can be in a church. Okay, that can be in a home, that can be in a church. Okay, so he says, and it is to them the promises are being given. Who is speaking? And this person who is holy and true, okay, then he's talking about access and authority. Okay, so but let's leave the access and authority aside. But we look at the first thing. The one who is holy and true is saying, I know your works. I know your works. Your works are loving, though your works are holy, and your works are true. Therefore, I have kept this door open for you. I've kept this door open for you, okay? That's a, because if you look at, this is a church that is really, really commended, okay? Really commended, and unlike Smyrna, which is also commended, if you remember, and they both are under attack. With Smyrna and Philadelphia, Satan is brought over there. Satan is brought over there, okay? So, it is not easy in any generation, in any culture, okay, to remain true. Like now what has happened in the church, in the world is truth is relative. So to remain true, consistent, it is not easy. And Philadelphia has remained true. They kept the word and they remained true. And it is under intense pressure, okay, because... Because the pressure is always to compromise. They have stirred, they have stayed firm. Therefore, the promise, you will be a pillar in the eternal temple. Okay? In eternity, there will be a set of people who will, who will be known. 
that they remain true to God and his word and to his name. And you shall no more, it says, go out. Okay? I will make him a pillar. He shall go out no more. Okay? Go out no more. Basically, it doesn't mean you will be stuck like a pillar. You will not go out. It actually means you will never be shaken again. All of eternity. You you need to understand, like now we look at each other, we see in part, we know in part. Nobody knows each other. We only know how we present ourselves before others. We don't really know each other. Eternity, there's nothing is hidden. Everybody will know each other. So the people who have come through Philadelphia in 2000 years will be known as pillars. They will be known. They will be known. They will be known. Okay, this is what we are talking about glory. We're talking about glory. We will not be the same in eternity. We will be loved the same way, but we will not be the same in eternity. And nothing will be hidden there. Nothing will be hidden there. Okay, and we will see that actually happens in, in the story Jesus talks about the pe- two people who die. Okay. And the man even in hell knows it is Abraham. He knows it is Abraham. He knows his identity. That's Abraham. And you realize that the, level, the, the, the beggar has reached a very close position to Abraham. He sees it all. You're able to see. Okay, so proximity to God, you know, the, our, our honor, everything will be visible and nobody will be jealous. You will be commended all through eternity. Okay, there's no jealousy, no envy over there. So that's what he's telling them. You will be. You will be a pillar. You will be a pillar. Okay. This is contrary to uh, the other pillar in Genesis 19.26. Okay. She is a pillar of somebody in this life who was, uh, but his wife, Lord's wife, looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Okay. Meaning, but this salt is not the salt we use for cooking. This is the salt which is sulfur and the, all the other salt. Okay. Meaning she was, she's a symbol of so many people in every generation, in every church who was given every chance, every opportunity in life. Okay. A life to turn away from the world and become true to the word. Okay. Instead, she has become a pillar of instability. Well, Philadelphia has become a pillar of stability. Okay. So, God talks about there and he says, you know what, that's why like we looked at yesterday when we began yesterday's sermon, he said, you know, we every day we wake up to this reality of choosing between the temporal and the eternal. Let us be honest, most people go with the temporal. It's too much to hang in there with the eternal. Too much to hang in with the eternal. Okay, but there are people who have, like, like we see, like the, the simple picture is that of Joseph and Daniel, two young people who in extremely difficult situations. And actually, if you look in the temporal, the easy way for them was to go with the temporal. And success was guaranteed. But what they would have lost in the process was the eternal. Okay, so these pictures are given over there. So when you come, the next thing he says is name. Okay, name. And he says in verse 12, 312. I will write on him. He, he gets three names. Okay, Philadelphia gets three names. The name of my God. The name of the city of my God. 
new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. We know, first thing, name always uh, signifies ownership and identity, from which flows authority. Okay, ownership, identity. First is ownership. Okay, we all, our children all have the father's surname. Okay, so honor this child belongs to this family. Then it, the identity comes. Okay, which family is it? The identity come. And from that, depending upon the position of that family, the father comes the authority. Along with authority comes, remember, responsibility. This church or people who are part of this through the centuries get a threefold name. First is the name of God. Okay, they get the name of God. Okay, and remember the introduction about this church is that one who is holy. His name is holy and he, his name is true. Okay, they get the name of God. It's not a small thing. Okay, these ones will be called the holy ones in eternity sanctified holy ones in eternity i will give you the name of my god okay the name of the city and if you look at ask why is it they are getting this name is because while they were living they did not deny his name that is what is told upon you did not deny my name you did not deny my name therefore i will give you this threefold name okay you did not Deny my name. Remember, there's a whole set of people, Jesus said, who will come to me and said, Lord, Lord, we did it in your name. He says, I do not know you. You used my name, but in your real life, you actually denied my name. You were not holy, you were not true. You exercised power in my name, because that name has power. Okay? So, the first thing is the name of the Father, God. The second thing is about the city. Okay? The city, New Jerusalem, name of the same meaning. You will realize Everybody does not have access to that city. Everybody does do not have access to that city because that city is symbolic of the bride. It's symbolic of the bride. And we saw who the bride is. Yesterday we saw who the bride is. Just small. It's not the whole thing. Okay. But we saw from Revelation 14, the bride follows him wherever he goes. Okay, so basically when you get the name of the city, it also means you become part of the bride. You are not the bridesmaid, you are not the guest, you are part of the bride. And the third thing is Christ's new name. And the pressure in this world, in this life is always to deny that name. Okay, in John chapter 15, this is what Jesus says, 18 to 21. Okay, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. All these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him, do not know him who sent him. So he says, you know what, and it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Even in a home, Joseph went through, his persecution didn't begin in Egypt, it began in his home. Began in his home. Okay, so God says, you know, if you choose to stand out for my name, okay, 
the world around you in your home the world around you in your community the world around in you where you work you will see things start happening things start happening okay and of course in systems we are protected only because of laws so daniel was protected because he stood for his name because the laws protected him that is why you saw in, in daniel 6 they checked everything if they could find anything against his name and they couldn't find anything if they could find one thing one thing they could find one thing okay one thing like if you look at what is actually it is it is very interesting if you look at what's happening in us and if you look at it you know all those different court cases president trump is fighting like let us say the case in new york it's one law that has been brought in by the new york government passed in their congress their assembly and that law has never been used against anybody other than trump never that law has never been used against anybody other than trump it is basically like a daniel kind of situation and the law was specifically made to target him in future and nobody has been targeted by that law other than him and if you look at georgia there are 18 people who were indicted and everyone is being offered a plea deal so if they will turn against trump judy and mark meadows these three other targets so there are 15 others you take a plea deal with us and if you agree this thing we will give you probation we'll let you out but the target is him so the entire georgia case is against him and nobody under rico act nobody under that act has ever been charged over election interference never before or after so if you look at all those again the january the document this thing okay nobody has ever been charged under those laws ever in human history because if you know what he's charged under in the document case is that if he is indicted on all that he goes into prison for 500 years or he is executed nobody ever ever has been charged so if you look at all his cases you will realize the only reason he is being targeted is because he is against something and he stood up for israel and the church because you have to look at the cases and you have to look at the precedents has ever anybody been charged under any of these court cases any of these sections and you will realize hey nobody has ever been charged like this nobody ever will be also charged this thing is a daniel kind of a situation daniel kind of a situation okay so this is nothing new so god is talking about here he's saying that no when you stand up for me when if you stand up for me he says you know he said they will hate you they will hate you okay they will hate you for my name sake he says they will hate you if you come to john 16:1 and 2 and verse 33 these things i have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble they will put you out of the synagogues yes the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers god service and then he comes to 33 and he gives us a solution the solution is this yeah he says 33 yeah 16 33 these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace so he tells us the key he says you will not have peace in this world the only person i said the overcomers are those who have learned to stay in christ in me 
you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have come overcome the world, okay? So he says, he has overcome the world, but that doesn't make any difference to me unless I learn from it because to, to Laodicea he says, if you overcome as I have overcome. So if you look at Jesus, that's why we learn from Jesus. How did he learn to overcome? How did he learn to overcome? And we see here is the church that has learned. If you come to Luke chapter 9 and verse 26. 9.26. I say to you. No, 9. 9. No, 9. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes. This is what he is talking to them. He says, I will give you a name, because you were not ashamed of me. In your generation, you were not ashamed of me. You did not deny my name. You were not ashamed of me. But he says, in your generation, each generation, the pressure is there. No, to be ashamed of him, to be identified. No? See, the Muslim is not uh, ashamed to be a Muslim. The Hindu is not ashamed to be a Hindu, but in that kind of a situation, in that kind of, see, to be not to be ashamed to be a Christian in Christian America in the old days, it was not a big thing. But now the picture has changed. So you are not talking about, like, everybody, everybody is willing to lift up their hands and worship church on a Sunday morning. Okay? But that's not what is written about Eliezer in the chapter we looked. Everywhere, whenever he heard he had success, he went on his face and worshipped God. And he was a Syrian. A Syrian. Okay, Syrian, no? Okay, Syrian, okay. That's what God is talking about. In every situation, everywhere. Are you ashamed of me? Are you ashamed of me? Are you ashamed of me? That's what it means. They did not deny his name. Did not, because we are talking about, you know, because the pressure has always been there. If you look, if you study the book of Genesis, by the time you come to chapter 12, the history of Abraham begins. Then from chapter 12 all the way to chapter 50, there is a word that is used called the word Hebrew. Abraham is the first Hebrew. And the question is, will you be ashamed of your Hebrew identity? The one who has crossed the river and never will go back. Will you be ashamed of that Hebrew identity? It's a simple question. And you will realize that is the sick key thing for Joseph. Once he is in Egypt, he is not afraid, ashamed of that identity. And it doesn't matter whether he was a slave on the block, whether he was prisoner in chains, or whether he's prince of Egypt, he stuck to his Hebrew identity, which meant until his brothers and family came to Egypt, he lived in isolation till then. Even when he's eating, he ate alone. Loved in isolation. Okay? Why? Because he was not ashamed of that name. That's who I am. That's who I am. The identity. Okay? So this is what God is talking about. Okay? So if you look at it, Daniel and his three friends, they all remain true to their identity. They, they all remain true to their identity. Because if you look at, if you actually read Daniel chapter 1, Everything that is being done is to change their identity. Their names are changed. Their education is changed. Their clothing is probably changed, definitely is changed. Even their diet is changed. What is left? Nothing. Your name is changed. 
your name was daniel it has been made into something called belteshazzar belteshazzar your name is changed named after another god you are a hebrew you eat kosher food your diet is changed you you learned the torah and the talmud your education system has changed everything has changed okay but what they couldn't touch this just four men they couldn't change their hebrew identity they could not change their hebrew identity inside they removed remained hebrew till the end and when they were threatened with fire not normal fire fire that has been heated up seven times they stuck true their identity they were not looking for escape this is god can the god but we know what we are we will not deny his name that is basically what they are saying okay and that's exactly what daniel is also saying stop praying for 30 days he says no i will not deny him i will not deny him i will pray this is demanded of me my god has said in his word that to call upon his name and look towards jerusalem on which i have put that is why he opened his that day if he had opened some other window looking towards some other city they wouldn't have known but he has god has put his name in the old testament only in one city i put my name over this temple in jerusalem so he opened that and looked towards that side so you need to realize how much these people were willing to stay true his to his word and to his name and we have modern counterparts the new covenant a church called philadelphia and he says you know what because you stay true to my name i'm going to give you the name of my father i'm going to name of the city meaning you will be residents of that city you know some people when they are honored they the mayor will give the key of the city a big key which opens nothing but it's just a honor meaning you are a very honored citizen of this city that is basically what god is talking about there will be many in that bride but the ones who come through that stage called philadelphia they will be honored citizens subjects of new jerusalem you will have the name of that city name of that city okay so then you will get the name my i will write on him my new name if you come to philippians chapter 2 words 9 and 10 we see the nature of that name okay philippians 2 9 and 10 therefore god also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name Okay? so there is a name above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven those on earth and and of those under the earth but the thing is that he has a new name which nobody knows jesus has a name which nobody knows till today we have only some idea about what that name could be okay but we don't know his real name if you come to revelation chapter 19 okay and we'll read from words 11 12 13 and then 16 then i saw heaven open and behold a white horse he who sat on him was called faithful and true in righteousness he judges makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself so he has a name which we still do not know We know the other names which he's got many names we know one here he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god that is one name remember they kept his word they kept his word okay those who have kept his word one of the names you will get is that you are the living word of god 
you lived it in your life. His one of his name is the Word of God, and then when you come to verse sixteen, verse thirteen, Revelation, yeah, nineteen, verse thirteen, he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus has so many names. Jesus has the name Jesus or Christ, and that's the first name we get. We have. They were in Antioch, they were called Christians for the first time. Christ, Christ, Christos means the anointed ones. Do you know what we are called? We are called the anointed ones. Okay. Then he has the name, the word of God. You will get that name. You remain faithful to that name. You will get the name. He's what is that? King of kings and Lord of lords. That is his name. That name also will be written on you. Okay. Then he has a name which nobody knows. He has a name that nobody knows. And God says, you know what, that secret name of Jesus Christ which will be revealed only in eternity or before eternity, okay, will be the name that will be written on those who come from Philadelphia. Because these are motivations, motivations in everywhere, home, school, college, system. Rewards are offered to motivate people. But the fact is that people are not actually reading what God is offering. God is offering. That's what Paul says. People do all this for a perishable crown. Because not that leaf laurel wreath that is put dries away. Okay, Greek Olympics. Okay. But he says he is offering us imperishable crowns. Okay. And you can be only motivated personally. Personally. Even though this is all written, this is never taken corporately. It's only motivation is only. And what we have to admire, Daniel and his three friends, is that there is no motivation except just to be true. They have been not being offered anything in the old covenant. Joseph, you can say, he's got two dreams. What dream does Daniel have? What did his three friends have? Nothing. They offered nothing. They are actually gone into slavery. They are offered nothing. But no, they are just standing for what they know is true. And then it is God who rewards them. Okay, so nothing is offered to them in the beginning. Okay, but they are staying true. But in us, to us, you need to look at what God is offering. So we know. Because in this world, everybody runs after a name. Everybody is running after a name. Everybody is running after a name. Election season has come. Everybody is running after a name, fighting because their name is not in the list that has been declared. Every party they are fighting, you know, because, you know, there are only so many seats in a, as a, in a state. And then everybody wants to be a candidate. When you don't get it, you know, you are fighting, you get your supporters and you break the chairs, every party. Because what is, everybody is after a name. There is no guarantee you will win. But if you win, you get a name. Okay, so you need to write, everybody is after a name. And God says, you know, I will give you a name. If you come to uh, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 7. Okay, first thing what God will okay say. Okay, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And what will he be? I will be his God and he shall be my son. That's the first thing we get. You shall be my son. Okay, all sons are not the same. Even in a king's house. Okay, you know, ultimately Solomon's elder brothers were begging for life before him. Because the father had named him as the son. Everything changed. Okay, everything changed. 
Revelation 22, 3 and 4. Revelation. And there shall be no more um, curse. Okay. And his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. So you need to realize what is Philadelphia being offered. Philadelphia is being offered the closest proximity to God. We will be all servants of God and we will be sons and servants. There's no issues with that. Every son is a servant, right? Your children are all servants. Like <laughs> Justin was telling me on how the three children have their chores and how the ladder bent down and how to reach the top to cliff. So every, every child is such a servant. Okay, it can be all of us. I mean, there's no, there's no escaping that. Everybody is a servant, okay? Even the president is a servant of the nation. It's called the chief servant. Because all our servants, sons and servants. The question is this. The question is this. What will be our honor, our glory, our proximity? Here it says they shall see his face. They shall see his face. Do you know what Esther said when Mordecai said? She said, if I see his face, I will die. The old covenant, if you see the face of God, you die. You die. In the human thing, Esther says, if he doesn't call me, if he doesn't call me, if I approach him and he doesn't have favor, I die. Okay? Now here God is putting, unless we put all these things together, we will not understand what God is offering us. He says, these servants of mine, when you have God's name on our foreheads, God says, you know what? They shall see his face. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. Okay, and why is this all being promised to them? It's very simple. He says, you know what? You kept my word. You kept my word. That is the difficult thing. That is the difficult part, right? We read the word, we hear the word, and then after the service is over, we have to start keeping the word. It is keeping the word. They kept the word. Okay, if you turn to the very famous psalm, which proves this, Psalm 105, verse 17 to 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord tested him. There was a promise given. The promise is connected to something. Okay, promise is connected to something. You remember there were twelve sheaves of wheat or corn or whatever and one sheep alone remained upright this is the situation you see in a dream the second dream is everybody bowing before you the thing is that the first dream also you will see what is it will you remain upright till the end and he had no clue what was coming into his life he had no clue. To be upright when everybody is upright is, to not to be upright is difficult. Hmm? That's why nobody lies in church. Everybody is kind to one another in church. Because it's very difficult to be rude in church. <laughs> church, everybody is in their best behavior. The only ones who are true in the church are the babies. They are true. They will cry when they want to cry. They are distracted because they are true. We are not true. We pretend to be listening. No. Everybody is taking notes which they never read again. 
Okay. Okay. We are okay. And the little children are the only ones who are true in the house of God. And there may be a few people who have practiced and are trying to be true, struggling to be true, and are very dependent to God and about they are trying. But the fact is that this is what God is talking about. Okay? God is talking about. So there is Joseph. And you know what? Till today. Until Jesus comes and in eternity, Joseph will always remain a pillar, a source of strength and stability. When everything is being shaken in people's life, they will go to Joseph and they will remember, how did he handle temptation? How did he handle anger? How did he handle hatred? How did he handle bitter? How can this man not be angry with Potiphar and Mrs. Potiphar? How can he not be bitter? Because the, 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 the iron bit into his skin, into his soul. How can he come out and be still be so kind and long-suffering? No, he doesn't take any punitive action against anybody. How did he come through is the question. So he stands as a pillar. That's why even though we have this whole list in Hebrews 11, around 18, 19 people, we don't look at all of them as pillars. They were only as stable at certain times. But there are some people, like God talks about Job, Noah, and Daniel. He talks about these three people. He talks about you. God talks about these three people. So how did Noah remain stable? He remained a pillar. How did Job remain a pillar? He's, he's defending his righteousness. Okay, you have to give him that credit. He gone through the entire law which is not given. And he says, tell me where did I break it? Where did I break it? I will accept. If it is, if it is punishment, you have to tell me where did I break the law for me punishment. I receive it. God gave, God took away, blessed be the name of the God, we will receive good and evil from God, understands God's sovereignty. My question is, if I have done wrong, I want to know where I went wrong so that I can correct myself. The problem says, God, Job did not do anything wrong. So God says, this is a pillar. Job is a pillar. Okay, Job is a pillar. Daniel is a pillar. These are all pillars. No? So, God is telling us, okay, the whole thing is that when you come to the next verse, that is verse 13, 3, no? He who has an ear, okay, let him hear. So God says, stop. Okay, so that's why we don't have to rush through. We are not trying to write a book or anything. We are just trying to learn before the Lord comes. Before we finish Revelation, God might come. So our interest is in the whole thing. Is God says, stop. Okay, we looked at this earlier also. Because every seven churches, he says the same thing. And he does not say those who have ears. He says, who has an ear. An ear means you have singleness in hearing. You are not distracted at all. Most people cannot hear because they are distracted. And they are distracted by troubles or trials or whatever it is. They are distracted. But the thing is that therefore they are not able to hear. But God needs you need to have, when it comes to I, the Bible says, I should be single. I should be single. So you hear as with one ear. Okay. He who has an ear. Okay. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God is saying, so stop. He says, stop. Okay. Look, listen. He says, if we are not vigilant, he says, you need to realize, he says, if we are not vigilant, we can actually lose all our rewards. 
And the Bible actually talks about enter into heaven based on just salvation alone. Loved by God, but eternity is, I don't know, what do you do in eternity? If you lost all your rewards, I guess you cannot sit still, but you lose all your rewards. He says, if you are not careful, you will lose all your rewards because salvation is not a reward, it's a gift. Okay. In, or, 1st Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30. 11, 30 and 31. Okay. 30, 30, 30 and 31. 30. Okay, single year, one year. Okay, 30, not 13. <laughs> For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. Meaning, he says, you can die early. For a believer to die early is a curse because he didn't finish his race. He didn't finish his race. Okay. He said you could die. Why? Why could you die? Because you wouldn't judge yourself. You wouldn't judge yourself. Why was the word given to you? So that you would judge yourself in the light of the word. Because if you do not judge yourself in the light of the word, you, what God can do is that he just remove you out of the picture. So he, I basically believe that because God is a father. He's a father and he's a very loving, kind father. He takes each child off at the best point of their life. And so that's why some righteous people die young. And they die young because if they live longer, like Hezekiah, if he had lived longer, he should have died when God told him to die. Okay, he says, put your life in order and get ready to die. He turned around, he cried, put all his righteousness before God. God said, okay, extend 15 years. But if you look at the next 15 years, he messed up. But if he had died at that time when God had told him to die, eternally, temporarily, you lived 15 years. But eternally, you ended up as lost. You lost everything in the next 15 years. If you look at Hezekiah as a person, as who's running the race, because he did not die at God's appointed time and ask God to extend his life, and God extended his life, he actually will eternally lose his rewards. You look at how he ended his life, you will realize he goofed up. He goofed up. Okay, so that's what God is talking about in Second John, chapter one and verse eight. Look to yourself that we do not lose those things we worked for. That is not salvation. That's reward. That we may receive a full reward. May receive a full reward. So we are talking about, that's why God says, all those who have ears, let them hear. Let them hear. Okay. So yesterday, we looked at a couple. No, It's a very interesting couple, Isaac and Rebekah. Okay, Isaac and Rebekah. Their history begins in chapter 28. And then it finishes in 35. If you read verse 27 and 29 of Genesis 35, 27 and 29. Okay. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, Arikirjat Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac, Isaac had dwelt. Yes. And so Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people being old and full of days and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. You need to realize after Isaac blesses Jacob and Jacob goes. The next time you hear about Isaac is here. In between do you know how many years have gone by? How many years have gone by? That means he didn't finish his race. He lost his rewards. What is the what is the use of a, such a splendid beginning? No man began the way Isaac began. If you go to verse 8 of the same chapter, 8 of the same chapter, okay. Now Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died and she was buried below Bethel under the terebin tree. The name of it, 
Rebecca's maid's name is mentioned as being buried. Nurse is buried. Rebecca is, when did she die? We, we don't know. And she had such a splendid beginning. Why is Deborah's nurse's death being mentioned? It is actually telling us a secret that she ran well as a nurse, as a servant, and she finished well. So her death is recorded. While her mistress' death is not recorded. If you come to Genesis 49 and verse 31, in retrospective, as history, this is written. 49. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. There I buried Leah. This is history. This is how we know at least that Rebekah died and she was buried. So these are important points to be looked at because of course the beginning was fantastic. Fantastic. And for a long time it was fantastic until Jacob reached 40 years. That means Isaac is around 100 years old. 100 years old. 100 years old. And do you know what scripture says? How many years Isaac lived? 104 score years. 180 years he lived. For the next 80 years there is no record. What a waste. Of a man's life. Nothing. God has nothing to do. He immediately, it's like, like Genesis chapter 7. This is the genealogy of Jacob and he skips over to Joseph. In the same way, this is the genealogy of Isaac and he goes to Jacob. Just skips 80 years of Isaac's life. Nothing to be mentioned. Okay. And this is what God is actually telling us about, about being careful. This is where we do not get caught in the temporal. Caught in the temporal. We are living in the temporal, but we need to look at the eternal. What is important for God? One, He is holy. Second, He is true. He is true. Okay? So when Philadelphia, and the third, He want, He demands His children live as a family. The brotherly love, that is Philadelphia. Okay? And He says, keep my word, don't deny my name. And He says, of course, you will, you will be in trouble through all this. So conclusion. Okay, there are a lot of things, but I think I'll skip over it. Okay, conclusion is this. Time, when we look at time, it is not tick-tock, tick-tock of your clock. Okay, watches don't give that in a sound also these days. No? God is talking about time in terms of opportunity. That is what it means, open door, redeeming the time. So God is saying, like today, we say this is the day the Lord has made. If this is the day that the Lord has made, we need to ask Lord, what are the works you have personally crafted for me to do today? What open door is set before me? The Bible says, see. The thing in the open door is there, but we don't see. Okay? And the conditions have to be fit for those doors. Okay? Okay? If you are not a Christian, of course, the only open door that is before us is the door of salvation. Okay? Listen today. But for the believer, for the believer every day, it's like God telling Gideon, go in this little strength and I am with you. Okay? So because that is how we have to look at, okay? There are certain open doors or opportunities that is only for the 23rd 
of the October of the year 2023. It's only this. After today, the door may close. But we don't see the door because we don't see. We don't see. So opportunities are there. That's what God is telling. Okay. There are certain doors that just close. They're just close. Okay. Okay. So certain things, like I said, the knowledge of the word of God is also time bound. Our forefathers did not understand so many things that was written about the future because it was not true during their time. But we know it is all falling into place. It is coming into place. So God is asking us this whole thing. The whole question he's asking us is this. Will you keep my word? Will you deny my name? Do you understand? If you come to, let's look at one, one verse, Acts chapter one and verse eight. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. This is the whole Christian life. We are called to be witnesses of Christ. We are witnesses of Christ. To be witnesses of Christ, we need two things. We need to keep his word. We need to keep his word. We should to never deny his name. Okay? If you go to that same book, John, Gospel according to John. Okay? Chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. 6 to 9. We're summing up the church in Philadelphia. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Okay? He was not the light. Please understand, he was not the light. And we are not the light. We are a witness to the true light. In the new covenant, he calls us the light only because the light or his life has come into us. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. Then when you come to verse 18, Jesus says something. Okay, verse 18, Jesus says something. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So what did Jesus come? Jesus came to become the true witness of God, the father. How does he begin? If you go to the introduction of gospel according to John 1, chapter 1 and 2, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Okay, he was in the beginning with God. So he comes as a true witness of God by being the word. Being the word, okay? He's the word of God. He's the word of God. So he's the first person who kept the word and who's a witness of God. Then he comes to, when he's finishing his entire task, at the end of his life in John 17 and verse 4 in his high priestly prayer, this is what he says, I have glorified you on the earth, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Meaning, I've kept your name, I've brought glory to your name. Okay, so he is the person who actually fulfills the word of God, the word of God, and glorifies the name of God. So he is the true witness of God. Okay, and similarly, every believer is called to be a witness of Christ. For that is what the Holy Spirit is given, that we keep his word and we don't deny his name. These are the two things. And not only that, you have to persevere it Till the end. Okay? Because if you don't persevere in the end, you can lose your rewards. Till the end you have to keep it. 
Okay, so the Bible says, hold fast. Okay, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will open this door, whatever it is, whatever it is, either it is death or it is being taken away. Like, you know, a question I always, I think I shared it last week also. The question I always had about is that when it talks about the patience of God, it is talks about the patience of God during the times of Noah. Okay, and we always confuse this is that God was patient during the time of Noah. What was the point in being patient when he knew only these same eight people were the only eight people who were going to get in? What is the point of being patient? Right? Like there are um, around eight people here, right? For eight, yeah, including Gracie, eight people over here. And I know these are the only eight people who will actually believe when Grace Tabernacle shuts down also. So what's the point? Being patient for 120, why don't you take them and go? Get into the boat early. What is the point of this being patient with 120 years? What is the bit, what was the whole purpose? The reason is God was patient because there are two ways, two ways in the last day, there are two ways you escape tribulation. The first way is death. The second way is rapture. The last one to die is Methuselah. Last one to die is Methuselah. These are all righteous people. Okay. So all, there are a lot of people in that Khandan, okay, who believed and they died. They died. That's why the book of Revelation says, blessed are those who die in the Lord. Now their works will follow them. So death is one way. Death is one way. Because unless we look at Death, realistically, what does death mean in the kingdom of God? If tribulation is coming, let us say tribulation is coming, we'll start, the Antichrist rule will start on 2024, January 1st. Aren't you blessed if you die on December 31st? You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. So either rapture or death, both is a blessing for those. Okay, so we have to look at it that way. And so God says, this is where Philadelphia have kept an open door for them. But more than that, on a day-to-day basis also, we need to ask ourselves, what is today's open door? Ask, pray for open doors. Lord, give me, give, give, give me an opportunity, Lord. But first, Lord, let me see. Because he actually says, see. I've kept an open door, you know. I've kept an open door. See, I've kept an open door. So this morning, again, we will go. Okay. You know, and that is why it is important that, uh, Psalm 116, right? Where it says, I will not die. Yeah, 100. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That is simple. It's not that I will not die, but I have something to finish. The appointed works. That is why when people, and I mean, we know about situations, I mean, I have read and I have experienced people who should have died. And they did not die because the confession was made continuously that I will not die. And sometimes it was made on behalf of somebody who was literally dying, that I will not die but love and declare until those were. Why are these works important? Because these works are important with reward. reward. I want my full reward. So I will not run, I will not die before my time. I will not die before my time. So anybody, anybody is in that and you know that, you know, you know that this person hasn't finished or hasn't really come made peace with God. You can declare because it's all connected with this. 
There is eternity that is coming. And eternity, the judgment is final. There is nothing we can do to change. It's forever and ever. Okay. Honestly, you should read Revelation 21 and 22 and you will start getting a picture. I'll show you one portion. Okay. Of Revelation 21. Okay. Revelation 21. Verse 24-25 and 26. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Go. Yeah. Don't. uh. So if you look at that, something is there. One thing you realized is that the earth is full. The new earth is populated. There are nations on earth. The question is, who is living there? So those who did not overcome are living there. And they have kings over them. So who are the kings? Who are the kings? And then there is this city, which is the bride of Christ. So it is not like what we think. Everybody is going to the same place. They are not going to the same place. Though the gates are open, gates are open, look at verse 15. 2215, 2215. Outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Now what does this mean? Because already 20 is over, judgment is over, everybody of this category has already been thrown into the lake of fire. Then why should this come in 21 and 22? I will tell you who these are. These are the people who walked like this and repented in the last minute and God said, will have no access into the city. Talk about the thief on one side. He could have been a sorcerer. He could have been an immoral person. He could have been a violent person. But the last minute he believed and salvation is true. It's a gift. You can't earn it. But, God says, you are outside the city. Outside a city is for those who have run and have persevered till the end. Okay, because you have to read 21 and 20, because by 20 end, judgment is over. And all those who are not in the Lamb's book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. But, there is the earth, there are nations, there are kings, and there is city, the gates are all open, but everybody cannot. And there is this tree that bears fruit and its leaves, not the fruit, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Okay. So there are things which are hidden over there. So things that when you look at it, you should be motivated. Lord, I want to run. I want to run. I want to run. I want to finish well. Like I said, it's a personal choice. You cannot make a corporate choice about it. It's a very personal choice. And the price, you look, the, 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 the church you actually look to is Smyrna and Philadelphia. Of course, you learn from the other five too. But Smyrna and Philadelphia, especially Philadelphia, is the most important one in that. This is the church we look unto and say, look, you know, I wanna, I wanna run my race like this church. And you take Philadelphia, study it carefully, you can get it all from the Bible, you can put and see as, why did Jesus come in this church? And he had nothing to say, nothing negative to say about them. 
Of course, to Smyrna, he says, be faithful till death. Amen? We shall go to Peter and we shall continue praying. Because we shall pray. Because it is written, men shall pray always and not give up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life. We could have died last night in our sleep and never finished our race, O oh Lord, and wake up in eternity to know that we lost. But in your kindness, your mercy, you gave us time in the land of the living. You gave us time. Opportunities, doors that are still open. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. I pray, Father, help us, help us, Lord. All of us, help us, Lord. Not to get caught up so much with the temporal, Lord, that we lose sight of the eternal, that grows closer and closer, as your servant said, Lord. Your salvation is closer today than the day you believed. Yes, Father. Both are coming close, either death or your coming for your bride. Help us to keep what is important. Touch us, Lord. Touch us. The church in Philadelphia had very little strength. Very little strength. But they kept your word. They did not deny your name. And they obeyed your command to persevere. They were living in extremely turbulent Difficult times, O oh Lord. 
We don't live in those times, at least here. Our lives are so easy. We don't face persecution like they did, affliction like they did, tyrannical Roman rule like they did, the synagogue of Satan who opposed them at every turn like they did. We don't face that so much. Yet they persevered. And they kept the door open for them. I pray we will take heart from your words because your word says so Lord all those those who has an ear let them hear what the spirit says to all the churches so it was not written just to them it was written also to us touch not my anointing do my prophets no harm harm is what you said Lord therefore we stand and we confess no weapon that is formed Formed against against us us will prosper Every lying tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. This is our heritage as servants of the Lord, and the righteousness comes from you. Yes, we confess. Just thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Be with your children, Lord, through this week. Everyone, Lord. Every family, every household. Yes, Lord. And your servants around the world. We stand here and we continue to declare, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.